Welcome to Light Trees and News, everyone. Pop culture, politics, and a sprinkle of treason. This is our first ever Friday recap episode. Ooh, it's a and new world. Eric's here. That's that's me. I'm Didn't here. even let me introduce you before no, you started talking. I, I just had to get right in there. <laughs> What's up, everybody? Uh, this episode is going to be a little different because when I first started Light Trees and News, I was very ambitious, and I was like, I'm going to have weekly interviews with people which again is an insane thing it's a to big do. goal it's a big goal so but i have this backlog of interviews now that mm. i was like oh i feel bad because they're actually like very good recommendations in these interviews right. with very interesting people mm. and i don't want to deprive you guys of that also i did the interview so i'm right, like they're right, just right. sitting on my computer now so uh, coming up in a little bit we're gonna play the interview that i did with ray uh, butcher Awesome. They are a very funny comedian who you should follow online at Ray Butcher, R-H-E-A-B-U-T-C-H-E-R. If you don't already follow them, what are you even doing? What are you? What's going on? <sighs> I don't even know who you are sometimes, I mean, frankly. Come on. So go correct that mistake immediately. Also check out their baseball podcast, Um Three swing, three swings pod. Cool. Yeah, <laughs> I've never even been tempted to listen to a baseball <laughs> podcast <laughs> no, before. Never. But we we talk about their podcast and it sounds very very interesting. So if you're even a little bit tempted to listen to a podcast about baseball, go check it out. Yeah, I'm sure it's interesting. I, I mean, it's like the first time I like read something by Dave Zirin. I was like, oh, do I like sports? <laughs> I feel that way about uh, Jessica Luther as well. Uh-huh, where yeah. I'm like, you're so interesting that right. you make this thing seem uh-huh, interesting yeah, to exactly, me. Yeah. So, and there is a bunch of like interesting politics that happens behind the scenes with organized yeah. sports. I will say I do like uh, I like baseball. Like I like baseball stadiums. Like I've been to. They're very uh, pretty. Yeah, like I've been to baseball games before. I did not enjoy the game. Wrigley Field's beautiful. Yeah, I used to go to the Brave. I used to go to Braves games because I live near Atlanta. Sure. And like, as like a middle schooler, like I like just enjoyed that there was like giant hot dogs mm. and uh, like games. There's like an arcade. There's like stuff you can do there that's not the baseball game. Right. So the baseball game, not that interesting. All sure. the other stuff, the spectacle, very interesting. That's how I felt. Like I went to a baseball game with my dad at Wrigley Field, and it was like. It was a cool day. I got to hang out with my dad uh-huh. outside. And it was yeah. like nice weather. And I was like, this is cool. <laughs> Don't really care about this game. Right, but right, this is right. all cool. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So before we get to the interview, though, I what happened to you? What happened to you? I do you want to talk the it, train. Do you want to talk it through, though? Yeah. So I the train stopped running. <laughs> it was just like everything was going fine. There were no signs of any issues. And then we got, I got two stops away from where I'm supposed to transfer to come to your place. Mm-hmm. And... It did the thing uh, people in New York will understand what I'm talking about. The train doors opened. Everything mm-hmm. seemed fine. Sure. And then the train doors closed, except for the one half door stayed open. Awesome. That's always a sign something's wrong. Yes. Anytime all the doors close, except for one half of one of the doors, you know something is up. Here's truly what that means. We are going to be sitting in the station for a while. Yeah. You may need to evacuate is usually but, what that means. But we don't want like a full-on invasion <laughs> right. from people. So we'll give them one uh-huh. half door to yeah. try to get in mm-hmm. here. Yep. It is truly, it's a wild move to make. <laughs> uh-huh. But yeah, that's always a bad sign. So yeah. that happened. You yeah. So then it was door. like, I was like, okay, well, maybe they're just stopped. Maybe something's going on. The train line itself was all weird. It was stopping like I noticed that the end stop was earlier than normal. Mm-hmm. So, so they're doing some sort of maintenance or something. Something's going on. I was like, okay, no big deal. And then it just slowly t- turned into like five minutes yep. without moving. The AC turned off. And I was yep. like, the train has totally turned off. Did the lights off. go out? No. Okay. The lights did not go out. Yeah. But it was just like, I was just like, okay. And then I finally like took my headphones out. <laughs> and there was just like a long message that, of course, none of us could hear. Sure. None of us understood what was going on. But anytime it's more than two sentences... Anytime it's more than like the uh, the like prepared ones that they always have, that's like three sentences mm-hmm. long. I could hear like the 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 train like conductor was just like rambling on yeah. and on. I was it's like, something is up. My favorite is when it's just like a long sigh. <laughs> they're like, <sighs> <laughs> yeah. ladies and gentlemen, uh-huh. like clearly they're 
through it as well. But yeah, uh, look, uh, my my distaste is with the MTA, not yes. the people that work for the MTA, because no, they are in terrible situations. I feel really sorry for them because like sometimes people like scream at them, yeah, try to assault them. Uh-huh. I'm like, what is your deal? It's not their fault. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're not choosing to delay the trains because mm-hmm. they're fucking with people. Right, right. Although sometimes when you're transferring trains and the conductor makes direct eye contact with you as they shut the door, that I don't that make the connection. Then I'm like, that's personal. That a hundred percent has happened to me before as I was jog like literally sprinting through a train station to get to the G train because mm-hmm. it's short. Yeah. The guy just made dir- I mean full eye contact, yeah. looked me dead in the eyes and then like lowered his finger down and closed the door. Although I th- I was thinking about it and I was like, man, if I had that like small bit of power <laughs> and I had a bad day, I'd be closing doors in people's faces yeah. Yeah, yeah. left and right. And then on the flip side, when you get like a benevolent conductor mm-hmm. who like clearly is holding the door yep. for you, yeah, yeah, like yeah. you're the only person running for the so train. Nice. I'm always like, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I run on the train. So yeah, basically I thought I was going to be late and then I d- eventually just had to abandon the train altogether because it came clear that it was not moving anytime soon. Sure. So I just abandoned it and walked the rest of the and way. And that's what living in New York City is that like now. Me. So the other, this week, the trains literally... All the tra- literally both train lines that are anywhere near my house mm-hmm. are not running at night at all. Dope. <laughs> so, like in theory, if you were a person who couldn't afford to pay for a car, uh-huh. you're just fucked. Yeah, you have to rely on bus service to like you have to take a bus to a train, which is always cool. great. Um, oh, you're reminding me of something. But so basically, I got I get off work late at night. Yes. So I get off work after the trains have stopped running, and this week they do not run at my house at all. So I have to go out of my way to like another neighborhood and catch a bus to my neighborhood. Also, it I don't want to sound like I'm being like a public transportation snob. It takes a long time on the bus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's not like a super convenient <laughs> replacement for no. the train. So. Yeah, so, and then I got off at the stop, and I was like, cool, I'll just catch the next bus. And I pulled out my Google Maps that has, like, a pretty accurate, like, timing of the buses. And it was like, the next bus is in an hour. Cool. So I just walked. Yeah. That was fun. I walked in, like, 25-degree weather a mile and a half to my house. And luckily, like, you're able-bodied, and you can do that. (laughs) Right, exactly. But if you're not, you're just fucked. Yeah, you're just fucked. So you're reminding me, last night I had a very late show uh-huh. at UCB Hell's Kitchen. Nice. And I was taking the train back with two of my teammates. Mm-hmm. We were so tired. Yeah. Because it was a very late show. And then we were we waited for the train for a long time. Uh-huh. And then we all live like deep in Brooklyn. So mm-hmm. it was like a very long ride. So we're all very sleepy, practically nodding off. <laughs> all of a sudden, this dude sitting across from us. We pull into a station, I forget which station, and he just gets up and he walks off the train and leaves all of his possessions <laughs> on the train. The door's shut and we pull out of the... And there is just the thickest backpack I've ever seen. And my teammate looks at me and he goes, should we tell someone that this bag is now... Because that, like, that's literally what they tell you to do. Yeah, exactly. See something, say something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was suspicious as hell. <laughs> this guy just got up, <laughs> the train... And we're all so tired that we start, like, rationalizing where – so my one teammate, she goes, I mean, he looked really tired. I think he just, like, got uh-huh. up and he forgot about his stuff. And we're like, yeah, 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 sure, sure. And then we're quiet. And I can feel, like, my teammate, like, my other teammate, he's, like, looking at the backpack repeatedly. <laughs> and then I go, it would be a really dumb terrorist attack to happen <laughs> at 1 o'clock in the morning uh-huh. on – an empty train uh-huh. going into Brooklyn. Right. And he was like, oh my God, that makes me feel so much better. Because <laughs> clearly we're all so tired. Yeah. And like traveling through New York City has been such a nightmare lately uh-huh. that when you're on a train that's running smoothly, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you don't want to do anything to no. en- endanger no, that. Nobody on that train was going to stop the train. The train. <laughs> yeah. Because then we'd be sitting there for an hour and a half waiting, waiting the for the NYPD. Oh, yeah. So then... Uh, of course, service terminates at J Street, uh-huh. so we don't even get all the way home. Mm-hmm. And we're getting off the train, <laughs> and like as we're standing up, my teammate goes, "Well, I guess we're not saying anything about this backpack." <laughs> and then I turned around, and there was a guy who had like picked it up and was like carrying it, like sort of extended from his <laughs> body. And I was like, "Dude, if that is a bomb and it goes <laughs> off, it's still gonna it's fucking gonna kill happen. you yeah. and me and everyone here." But well, I think he <laughs> went to go give it to a cop. Do you ever have you ever been so like tired or just like just like mentally beaten down from a day that something like that happens and you're like, 
Well, if it's a bomb, it's going to happen. That's, that's what my teammate said. <laughs> so she was like, it's gonna happen. she was practically happen. asleep. And I was like, should we say something? And she was like, if it's going to happen, just let it happen. <laughs> and I was like, but I also like felt that in my bones. I was just like, yeah, you know what? If it's our time, it's our time, which is just insane. It's insane. Go say something. Uh-huh. But we were, that's, that's what living in New York does to yeah. you. Where it's just like, just fucking let it be quick. <laughs> Faith, Faith had a pretty rough time on the train last night too. She waited forever on her train and then was just like, all right, we're moving. And then like, I got a text later that was like, well, uh, <laughs> a drunk girl walked over and threw up on my bench, and then we stopped in the tunnel. Oh, God, <laughs> nightmare! I was like, oh no, yeah. Oh. And then I, the train that I took last night, w- actually ran pretty smoothly. But as it was, it was, I got on the train at like twelve forty-five in the morning, and it, it was pulling into the station. It's packed. Mm. I'm like, it is a Thursday night at that 1245 morning. Why is it yeah, packed? Why is, is it standing room? The morning? trains all the time now. It is like <laughs> rush hour full yeah. at every hour of the night. And it pull it's I mean, I'm just watching like cars of just just packed to the doors come by and I'm like, this fucking sucks. The one good thing about traveling late at night is I'm supposed to get a goddamn yeah. seat on the train. Yeah. And then a car passes me and it's empty. I'm like what the fuck is going on? Oh, and something terrible. As it pulls in front of me, it stops right in front of me. I look in the window. There's just a pile of vomit all over Great. one bench, just covering an entire yep. bench yep. and the floor. And I was like, oh, okay. And then I just walked over and like <laughs> stood shoulder to shoulder. If ever but you see an empty uh-huh. car on a packed train, something <laughs> terrible has gone down. Yeah. Uh, Avoid. Yeah, it was bad. So, yeah, yeah, it was. Living in the city is fun, guys. Have you ever been so tired, though, that you forgot everything on the train? No. That was so weird about it. And he just, like, confidently got up and walked off the train. That's when I was like, oh, my God. I was so tired one time, I thought I got robbed. (laughs) (laughs) You, like, imagined you got robbed? I. What happened is I had my backpack with me. I dozed off. Mm -hmm. I woke up. And in my head, my backpack was thicker beforehand. Oh, I see. I thought somebody had gone into my backpack and like <laughs> taken all of my stuff, <laughs> and I was like, I thought I had more stuff. And then like, <laughs> it's just like I had to That's like depressing. I had to like open my backpack and be like, okay, my computer's here. So if they didn't Good. take the computer, they probably didn't take anything else because that would obviously be the first thing you would take. Sure. So I just like had to like mentally like, recollect like, no, this is probably right. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is probably uh, all my stuff. I just don't have a lot of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> just not that guy who yeah. has a lot of stuff. Uh-huh. So before we get to the interview, do you have any new recommendations? I know I just saw you. Yeah. So. Um, oh, I got a library card. Oh, my God. So Faith <laughs> told me this story. She thought it was the funniest thing ever, where Eric thought you had to pay for a library card. I thought you had to pay. He's like, and how much is the membership? <laughs> it's like, oh, my God, you've been brainwashed by capitalism. I just thought, I knew, like, they always are like, yeah, the books are free at the library. And I'm like, yeah, once you have a membership, the books are free. <laughs> <laughs> like, Eric could not believe that it was free. <laughs> I was just like, yeah, obviously you have to pay something. They have to they have to staff <laughs> and work the library. Like, I could you have just to pay see, like, Homer Simpson style, them being like, it is free. And you're trying to hand them your credit card and, like, yeah. money. Like, and like, how much is it? throwing <laughs> money at them as I'm running off. It's just like, take my money. Uh, I was just like, yeah, you ha- you'd have to. P- I thought it was cheap. Right. I thought, but I thought you had to at least pay a little bit it's for free. like for like. Something. I mean, you pay New York City taxes. You yeah, pay for it's it. Crazy. Um, so, so I got a library card, which is dope. Are you gonna be hitting up the oh, library all already? The time? Already. Nice. Uh, you know what's awesome about the New York Public Library too is that it's Everything. like a really. It's like a very big space, and yes. they have like rooms where you can just sit and like study on your computer. I was like, I'm gonna just come do work here. This oh, you don't nice. want to pay like, um, you don't want to like give your right arm to go work at a place like The Wing. Yeah, it's <laughs> like mm, uh, female empowerment. Yeah. Here's my credit card. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Just take all my money that I'm making from the job that I'm doing here. <laughs> uh, also, they wouldn't let you into The Wing because you're no, a man. Yeah, I, and we hate men. Mm-hmm. I I choose to say that I'm boycotting The Wing. So <laughs> <laughs> right. you kind of are because you physically can't get in there. Right. Uh, but I got a library card, so that's dope. I do have a podcast recommendation that Ooh. I think you would like. Yeah. It's a podcast. I put out a call on Twitter the other day, the mm-hmm. other week, and I was like, I want a true crime podcast, but not about murder, which apparently is a tall order because they're all about murder. Yeah. Well, who gives a shit otherwise? Do you mean like. like I like financial crimes and scams. Okay, sure. I like reading about. Uh, 
that uh, that girl that started the fake art museum who swindled all the rich people yes, that we talked that's about just on here. a wild ride I love that the the Elizabeth Holmes Theranos yes I I so but that's like beyond corporate crimes that's like borderline personality disorder stuff yeah it's all great. that I find fascinating yes yeah I don't uh, want to hear about like tax evasion not tax evasion I like f- people who start like fake companies yes like stuff like that is fun yeah like I, I like I like scams and grifts it's better if it's somebody that's uh, stealing money from rich people. It's not yeah. great when people are stealing money from poor people, but I'll read about it. Sure. So, like, <laughs> Elizabeth Holmes was, like, a uh, borderline, like, uh, sociopath. Was also, like... I would say full-on sociopath. Yeah, like a sociopath <laughs> who's, like, taking money from rich people, but then was also, like, jeopardizing poor people's health. Mm-hmm. Not great, but fun yeah. to read. And uh, al- it, what I find so fascinating about Elizabeth Holmes is everybody bought into it uh-huh. even as the scientists were coming home from the lab being like this shit does not work <laughs> yeah, yeah. stop giving her money yeah just didn't look li- because i feel like in the venn diagram of true crime there's a lot of overlap between that stuff and like cults yeah 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 we're like there's this cult leader who people just worship blindly even though all of this evidence is being presented like elizabeth holmes is a fraud well that's why i mean that's why any sort of successful like like tech company or anything gets successful it's like it's not because like apple makes good products but it wasn't like they didn't become popular because like that that brand did not get built because just on the back of their great products the cult of steve jobs Mm -hmm. made that company and also sick branding campaigns yes yeah yeah, (laughs) like the marketing of apple was yeah and so you know like uh i remember reading about like the rise of facebook and it was like there is no real li- there's no real reason that Facebook should have overtaken MySpace. It was mm-hmm. that like MySpace fucked up and then like Facebook was just still going strong and like Mark Zuckerberg internally had built such a fucking like brand around mm-hmm. himself and like his team will just follow him to the death. And I mean you get the best people so like yeah. you get the sleekest design, yeah, yeah, all of that stuff. So like yeah, so uh, like those cults of personality are how any of those successful businesses get built. So there's a podcast. Yes. What is the recommendation? It's called Lie, Cheat, and Steal. Cool. And it's a podcast hosted by two comedians. Um, Are they men? Uh, one of them is. One of them is not. Okay, good. <laughs> 50% it. Good. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, it's like two comedians, and they just basically tell stories about uh, <laughs> like frauds. Mm-hmm. Frauds and like grifts. Like one of the episodes is not. It's just about a guy who managed to steal two gold bars off an armored truck cool in in new york nice which was awesome yeah uh because i oh i kind of remember that yeah it was like it became like a popular story i yeah. would not have thought that was possible but uh they are very heavily on <laughs> yes very and uh <laughs> the other thing like he managed to figure out how to get it off the truck but then like the whole time they were telling story i'm like gold bars are fucking heavy yeah i guess if you just grab two it was st- like it's like f- 90 pounds yeah I, mean, t- I could carry 90 pounds you can carry 90 pounds. Can you run away from an armored truck if with I'm 90 pounds? If I'm scared enough, Eric, <laughs> if very heavily armed people are coming after me, I will take the fuck off. It's like, it's like the mom lifting the car yeah. off for the injured daughter. And just Throwing like cars <laughs> out of my way. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so it's just it's a fun podcast. They talk about fun, like, like scams and crimes and stuff like that. And I just, I love reading about that stuff. I, I, I That's really, cool. I, I, I like that, that genre of, of stuff of just like, financial crimes i think i'd previously recommended there's a netflix like mini series called dirty money mm-hmm. that's all about like just like pharma comp like one of the episodes is, is like yeah martin Shkreli was bad but there's a guy that does what he does like times a hundred right and like nobody talks about him martin Shkreli, it's just that he's such a fucking wiener just like he just has a punchable face yeah. Mm-hmm. So, guys, we're going to go to my interview with uh, Ray Butcher right now. Please do follow them on Twitter. I mean, only if you like to have a good time. Whatever. I mean, yeah, like, don't. But, like, if you don't like to have a worse. good time, I guess don't do it. But otherwise, do. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, please enjoy. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to do the interview. I appreciate it. Um, I've been checking in with people during these terrible, terrible times Mm. to see uh, what their media diet is at the moment, uh, whatever they're they're consuming that's making them happy. So whatever you're watching, reading, uh, listening to. So let's start with what are you watching right now that's making you happy? 
Um, what I am watching right now is literally 100% baseball. <laughs> and I'm sure that's like a huge surprise to you. Um, but it, we're in the postseason now. And then the end of the season was really exciting because there were two um, uh, one-game tiebreakers, which is the first time that's ever happened in the MLB. And some people would argue that that was a shitty thing. And sure, maybe if they're your teams, like definitely – um, but it was a really exciting day for baseball to see like what's going to happen, you know, where it was sure. like a playoff for the playoffs in a way. Um, so that was pretty cool. And, you know, I just, it, it's also play baseball and my team, I'm having a really great time playing with my team. They're all a bunch of really great people. And we've just sort of gelled as a team lately. And like throughout all of this, I think that's kind of what everybody's looking for even yeah. even the folks on the other side of all of this shit mm -hmm. yeah um you know like everybody's looking for a team a lot of people use the word tribe i try not to use that word because i think it uh, diminishes the indigenous experience mm -hmm. but um i think that it is about like being on a team and feeling like a part of something and right now i feel like i'm on just like a positive team and part of something so it's really fun to watch baseball. I really like the chess of it, you know, of like choices and and just be sitting at home sometimes by myself or with other people being like, I would not have done that. I would not have pulled that player right now. You know, like <laughs> I like to be proven right and I also love to be proven wrong. So What's your uh what's your team name? Um we are the Biscuits. Hell yeah, that's a great name. name. Thanks. We're named after one of the players' cats. Oh, uh, even better. Yeah, and one of my teammates was like, I haven't even met the cat, <laughs> which is very funny. <laughs> That's very um, funny. Yeah. Uh, cool. Are you watching anything other than baseball? Um, honestly, no. It's <laughs> kind of amazing. I, yeah, I mean, there's so much of it all the time. And then you get into the postseason and the focus narrows, you know, but, um, I will say this, like, well, number one, I have a podcast and I apologize to shamelessly plug, but no, I have a podcast do. called, um, three swings, um, which, uh, was actually just in Deadspin yesterday and yeah. a very, very lovely, uh, piece. Um, and it's not a, it's a podcast that many people at shows and stuff will come up to me and say, I don't even like baseball and I love your podcast. Um, and that's not a brag. That's just like, I like baseball for a, a very like open sort of reason, you know, like I'm not into it to like fight with people. Although I love to get into conversations about baseball. I just love the spirit of it. And like I said, the chess match of it. And it's something that's been a part of my life the whole time since I w can remember. And so it is really like a window into life for me in a way that other things kind of aren't. So it's just how I see the world and then I see the world in baseball. So um, I talk about all kinds of things on that podcast. It's not just about like stats and what I think is going to happen or like growing down or whatever. It's kind <laughs> of about everything. Um, and I would say as somebody who like works in entertainment to whatever degree, um, I like watching baseball and sports in, in particular because um, I pretty much I watch men's baseball and then I watch women's sports. That's like what I am into. Um, it isn't predictable. Like you can try to predict it, but there might be a pebble in the infield that just totally ruins your prediction. <laughs> right. And for me, like comedy, those things, like I, because I have done, spent some time writing it, I understand the mechanism. And so I can typically watch a movie or a TV show and be like, I think I know what's going to happen. And then you know, 75% of the time I'm right. <laughs> so right. <laughs> I, I like being 90% of the time right in baseball because I don't write the mechanism. So sure. it's, it's just interesting to me right now. Uh, I've heard great things about your podcast. I think I saw Parker Malloy tweet about it the other day. And yeah, she essentially said that where she was like, even if you are not into sports, you will love this podcast. So I got to check it out. Um, Speaking of podcasts, uh, what are you listening to right now? And that can be other podcasts or music or anything like that. Sure, yeah. So I've been listening to a lot of music lately. Um, and I have two things. I mean, I, I have a record collection that's really, like, bulking up that's fun to, to make. You know, I've been um, – my roots are kind of down in Los Angeles, so I feel like that allowed me to 
start buying some records and also like my mom gave me some of her old vinyl so it's it's just a fun like time travel to listen to like her copy of Ziggy Stardust you know what I mean sure. um but I've been listening to a lot of Phoebe Bridgers her album Stranger in the Alps which she actually just released like a new deluxe version with a Tom Petty cover that is tremendous and uh I got to see her open for the national uh oh, two wow. weeks ago and uh, she is just like, she also has a side project with Lucy Dacus and Julian Baker uh, called uh, Boy Genius. That's also really, really good. It's just, you know, when somebody makes something and you maybe hear it and then like a year later, you're like, oh my God, they made this for me. <laughs> <That's> like, <laughs> yeah. Kind of what I feel like with her music. And I just, it just is fitting in my life perfectly. And then the other album that I've been really, really listening to is called... Um, Oh, what's the, I don't remember what the album's called. Hang on a second. Big Red Machine, mm. um, which is uh, Bonnie Vare's side project with, I think, Aaron Lesnar from The National. Um, and a lot of people have a lot of feelings about Bonnie Vare, and that's fine. <laughs> but, oh yeah, it's a self-titled album. Um, but that album is like, it's just really good. Like, it sounds amazing, and it's, it's, the lyrics are, yeah, it's great. And also, one last one. Sure. Uh, Christine and the Queens just put out a new record called Chris, and that record is tremendous. So those are my three heavy rotation albums, and I've just been listening to a lot of country. <laughs> those those are good ones. I personally, I'm a fan of Bonnie Vare. I know he divides a room, but yeah, yeah. I'm a fan. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, I get it. But also sometimes, like, the music is good. Yeah. <laughs> like, things things sort of go in a way that you don't expect. And you're like, but this is this is also good. Like, just because it's popular doesn't mean that it's terrible. Exactly. That's, like, that's how I feel about baseball. Like, just because it's popular and just because people you don't like like it uh, doesn't mean it's not good. And maybe you should look into that belief system, assuming a... that you don't like people just because they do yoga and maybe don't do it the right way. Like hey, maybe we should just, like, give each other a chance a little bit more. I once got Noam Chomsky to admit that he likes baseball. So if Noam Chomsky likes it. There you go. <laughs> all the leftists. I mean, yeah. I mean, come on. <laughs> um, yeah, and if the National is involved with any project, I'm, like, definitely there. there. Yeah. Uh, great recommendations. And then, finally, are you reading anything right now? And that can also be, like, stuff you've seen online. Sure. Um, well, you know, I was doing a really good job of not being online a ton and <laughs> good then work. I, I know. And then like the Kavanaugh thing happened and it yeah. pulled me right back in and like, I'm mad about that. But, um, also I've, I have been reading Pima Chodron lately and that has like really changed my life, um, a ton because I actually started like a meditation process practice and I know I'm going to people are going to be rolling their eyes right out of their cars or off of their bird scooters but um <laughs> it actually has like really changed my perspective on like what meditation was supposed to be and it's really helped me um you know mediate <laughs> to use a derivative of that uh my anxiety and like just have a different perspective on life and it's also helped me play baseball 10,000 times better. Wow. <laughs> like I didn't strike out for three weeks after I started meditating. No shit. No shit. Wow. I mean, I got out, but I, I, I made contact every time. And then I took a red eye in to make my game. And then I did strike out cause I was exhausted and I was like, <laughs> Oh, rest actually helps. Yeah. But, um, it really changed my perspective on how, uh, you can be in the world in a moment and that like the things running through your brain are just things running through your brain. They're not actually happening. And I think that's a good way to approach the internet too, mm. because sometimes it's and in and, and this, because you, you have to stay aware, right. But at the same time, like how much are you sacrificing to stay aware when we know how bad all of this is, you know, everything's out in the open. So everything's out in the open. Like it's not actually our job to be sad and angry every day. It's just not, right. you know, you have to actually live your life and to be sad and angry every day is to kind of let them win and you're letting them into your house, you know? Yeah, that's a good point. I feel like some people on the left feel guilty if they're not feeling sad and angry every day. Oh, yeah, which is not effective. 
you know, <laughs> it's just not, it's just not like you can be aware and also put joy and happiness into the world. Like if you have the capacity for it, why not choose that? You know, and it doesn't mean that you're being like blissfully unaware. It actually means you're aware and making a choice to say like, instead of being angry, because I'm, I've done this myself, even, even within this change that I've had, like brought up terrible stuff to someone who otherwise probably wouldn't have thought about it. And then I was like, why did I do that? Why did I bring this into somebody's life? That was <laughs> terrible. Like, why would I do that? Why would I bring this bad news into someone's life when I didn't need to? Um, and that's kind of where I'm at with it. Like if, if, if that's not the topic of conversation, don't shift it to that. Cause right. that person probably knows. I probably know. Let's just have a conversation about something else, <laughs> you know, because then we can put happiness and joy and it calm at the very least back into the earth. Cause the earth has enough sadness and pain right now. Yes. And the best thing we can do is put happiness and joy back into it. That's like one of Pima Chodron's like main things. Like the earth needs joy right now. Right. And it always has. Uh, is there anything else you want to plug in addition to three swings? Um, I have like some shows coming up. I'm going to be at, uh, in Minneapolis at the 10,000 laughs festival, uh, on the 20th. So come to that show. I'm, I'm co-headlining with Taylor Tomlinson, uh, and then some pals. And then I'll be at the Sacramento comedy spot on November, double checking the dates. Cause I keep forgetting what the dates actually are, uh, Saturday, the 10th. And Sunday the 11th uh, in November, there's going to be two shows on Saturday and one show on Sunday. So come out for that. And uh, my podcast slash comedy show, Put Your Hands Together at up the Upright Citizens Brigade on Franklin every Tuesday night. And then the podcast is out on Earwolf. Hell yeah. Uh, awesome. And who should everybody root for in baseball? This won't be divisive <laughs> at all. No, uh, I mean, hey, you should root for the team you want to root for. <laughs> That's what I think. <laughs> oh, that's very diplomatic of you. Absolutely. I try to be <laughs> as much as possible. <laughs> Thanks again to Ray. Please check out their podcast. Please follow them on Twitter. And it's that time of the show. Let's all hold hands and cry. Here is your bad news. Mm. Oh. We open in Wisconsin. What if I start dramatically introducing <laughs> the bad news section that way? The place? Wisconsin. I love that. The governor, Scott Walker. Oof. The crime? Stripping power away from the newly elected Democrats and keeping it squarely in the hands of Republicans and the legislature. That happened. I feel like at this point, just being Scott Walker should be a crime. We should outlaw Scott Walker. Uh -huh. I say no to Scott Walkers. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, he signed the Wisconsin GOP's massive power grab into law, as we all knew he would. Yeah, of course. But it is official now. Uh, there's just a straight-up coup in Wisconsin. Love that. Not the first one. <laughs> <laughs> there's been a bunch in Wisconsin. I love it any time that... <laughs> It's not good, obviously. No. Obviously, it's not We're good. We're the bad news section. Yeah. It's bad. I just love it anytime real life politics just so closely like resembles an episode of House of Cards. <laughs> right. <laughs> it is just hard to write stuff like that now and make it seem adequately absurd enough so it's not just what's actually happening yeah it's like mm, they would never do that and they're just literally like yeah we can just do it i feel like that was the uh, one of the problems with um jordan klepper's show oh, the, opposition. the opposition which was a very funny show on comedy central and they had like jordan's very funny they had like really funny writers writing for that show but i feel like it was a challenge to exaggerate that character enough because yeah. he was supposed to be like an alex jones type mm -hmm. conspiracy theorist but truly shit was getting so bizarre that I feel like it was hard for them to stay ahead of it. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's like how do you satirize someone who literally just had Gavin McInnes on his show? Gavin yeah. McInnes who's banned from literally every part of the internet. Mm -hmm. He's just been banned from the internet he has been, at large. The internet rejected him from <laughs> its its body. Uh -huh. It was just <laughs> like you need to get out. And then Alex Jones is like, you can come on my show and like induct me into the proud boys mm -hmm. so alex jones is a proud boy now i don't wow. know if you saw that congratulations uh, got, uh, what is the correct gift for someone who has been accepted by the proud boys is it an edible arrangements basket no i think they would find that to be uh uh too homosexual I so see. Like, eat fruit sure. eating fruit is a bad 
And flowers are gay. Yeah, so flowers are gay, yeah. That's so. the, the worst of both worlds <laughs> So there. it's literally the worst thing you could get a Proud Boy. It'd be flowers, flowers made out of fruit. And fruit. <laughs> uh, so, I they, don't know. They like terrible polos. Okay. They're like really expensive, terrible polos. So like a gift card to J. Crew, maybe? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Like that, yeah. Great. Um, I'll get on that. Mm-hmm. So uh, also in bad news, um, uh, what do I want to talk? I Should we go? Uh, do you want to hear me rant or should we actually get to like a very important story? <laughs> Uh, we can do. Can we do both? Can we, we can. Can we fit in both? Uh, yeah. Let's do. Can we do a quick rant. Let me yell at Mika Brzezinski real quick. What is the matter with her? Uh, so here's the thing, though, and the reason I wanted to talk about it, because Mika Brzezinski said a dumb homophobic thing. In itself, I'm like, is this newsworthy enough to go before other very important stories? But the reason I wanted to talk about it was a. Uh, it's not cool that she uh, called uh, Secretary of State Mike Pompeo a butt boy. Yeah, that's not good. Which is a homophobic thing to say. But I feel like MSNBC has this pattern of, like, Joy Reid says transphobic shit m- on the reg. Yeah. And kind of like apologized for it but not really i feel like msnbc just sort of skates on its reputation as being progressive while its hosts are saying transphobic homophobic things do you remember when joy reed said that hackers hacked the internet archive (laughs) and retroactively put homophobic posts on her old blog uh eric it's a well-known fact (laughs) that hackers do that okay i can't tell you how many times i've been hacked and made to look like a homophobic monster. I mean, she was li- she was so close to being like they inceptioned my brain with homophobic <laughs> thoughts. The hackers got, got in my me. brain. The gays the gay hackers <laughs> got me with their ray guns. Yeah, so obviously this is such a stupid it's thing so like dumb. it's it's so, also I'm just like you make it like uh, not not to be weird about you're like like what she's in her uh, I, I guess 40s or 50s uh just judging on how long she's had a career like she's got to be in if like we're f- judging by how long she's had her career she is a thousand years <laughs> old <laughs> right right but like she's a uh a, an established adult yeah she is uh, an adult yeah. she's an established adult with a professional career mm-hmm. why don't we're around saying butt, butt boy. boy like on you're on national tv like it's just it, it's a homophobic thing and also just so stupid why would you say something like that yeah so she apologized but yeah the reason i wanted to talk about it is msnbc hosts sort of regularly say this problematic shit yeah and then they're like oh sorry and then we just move on right yeah it's like you don't get to do that accountable for that like if a fox news host said that there would be a campaign to like strip them of their sponsors yeah 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 but it's like okay because you're on msnbc anyway right. oh, I also call bullshit I, I will say this story is a good jumping out like a good just like reminder for people also uh it's not cool to say stuff like butthurt don't say butthurt i'm guilty of that don't say butthurt um also don't share fucking homophobic tweets or yeah. cartoons about Trump and Putin. Yeah, yeah, Like, yeah. the shit with them kissing. That's like, so the punchline s- of that is, ha-ha, they're gay. Yeah. Which is not funny or cool. Yeah. Don't share or make tweets about, um, what's his name, uh, Flynn or uh, any Trump crony being raped in prison. Yeah. Like, not funny. Just, that shit's stupid. And, yeah. And it's, it's not cool. Um. Also, don't marry Joe Scarborough. <laughs> don't do it. <laughs> D- it's gonna be it. tempting because sometimes it's like, are you a daddy? But don't do it. Uh-huh. I know in like some light, some angles, yeah. it's like, are you weirdly hot? Uh-huh. Don't marry him. Don't marry him. Don't marry Joe Scarborough. Yeah. So <laughs> the SNL sketch about them too uh, is my favorite thing. I love it so much. Um. So on to the bad news story that's actually very important. And, and a, a real story. A real story. Uh-huh. Uh, a girl from Guatemala who was seven years old died of dehydration and shock while she was in Border Patrol custody, which means Border Patrol straight up murdered a child. Uh, this is not good. <clears throat> not good. Not a good look. Um. So, uh, God, um, she was identified Friday by an official from the Guatemalan Foreign Ministry as Jacqueline Call. Um, 
She reportedly arrived in the U.S. with her father and a group of 163 migrants, and the two were taken into custody into New Mexico on December 6th. More than eight hours after being detained, Call reportedly started having seizures and was found to have a body temperature of 105 degrees. Uh, Border Patrol statement said that she had not eaten or consumed water for several days. Here's the thing about the story. I I, I was just listening. I, you know, uh, I listened to some some right wing media to see what see what's going on. Sure. Uh, you know, from time. Are to time. they pretty broken up about a child? Dying? Yeah, they're real upset Since about it. Since they're really really pro life. They they care about kids so much. Um, but the thing is, like, you read the story, and it says like she had gone several days without food and water. That means while she was traveling to the United States, she'd been without food and water. Right. That's not good. Right. right? That's uh, that's that's very bad, in fact. But she, when she was taken into custody, she's now the responsibility of CBP. Right. They have an obligation to take care of her. I so don't understand why the first thing they don't, why don't they just give them water immediately? Well, they should give them water, but also like, uh, ostensibly, she didn't go from being fine. To no, she was eight hours later, sick. having scissors, so yeah. she should have been sick when she arrived there. So that means they, sh- th- but this is uh, this just goes to like the inhumane treatment that CBP has for right. people entering the country. If someone arrives sick, if you take them into, it's like anything else. Like if you're a prisoner in the United States, uh, regardless of the fact that you're a prisoner and broke the law, you are the responsibility of the people that are holding you captive. Yeah, you're right? still a person. Yeah. You're still a person, and and they're you're they're they're you. They have responsibility for you. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing with CBP and people that they arrest at the border. She was sick. They have a responsibility to get her a hospital and get her taken care of. I mean, if we heard about this happening in any other country in the world, we would be like, that's a crime against humanity. Yes. You just killed a seven-year-old. Yeah, it doesn't matter what happened beforehand. Like, right. you know... It, it, it doesn't i mean it's like i said obviously it says right there like she had gone several days so it wasn't like they 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 did not have her that whole time she'd gone you know during her during the travel to the united states but they took responsibility for her by arresting her Mm. they have an obligation to take care of her right and so she obviously was already sick Mm -hmm. they should have taken her to a hospital the fact that they didn't is willful neglect right Guys, it's that time of the show. That was heavy stuff because the world sucks. But guess what? Sometimes good things happen. Here's your good news. So I want to talk about unions Yay. and unionizing in the good news section because a bunch of that's happening right now, and it's very, very exciting. Very cool. So New York Magazine staff is officially unionizing. Well, all of them except for one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, a very special young man <laughs> who we've all come to know and love named Mr. Jonathan <laughs> Chait. He is not super psyched. Jonathan Chait just couldn't resist an <laughs> opportunity to be a complete shitbag. As per usual, like that he is his like, MO. He was like, hmm, I haven't been getting attention lately. What could I do to get some attention? Time it's to throw a tantrum. <laughs> so, yeah, he's not happy. But who cares? <laughs> Can we just unionize around Jonathan Chase? That would be so great. <laughs> I, this, that's the only time I support right to work laws is specifically for Jonathan Chase. <laughs> right. Jonathan Chase cannot be in the union. He's not allowed. He's the only one. Everyone He's else is in. <laughs> no Jonathan. This, this is my law proposal. It's right to work only for Jonathan Chase. <laughs> so uh, congratulations to New York Magazine. Everybody that's except so, Jonathan Chase. That's so great. I mean, that's that's so good. Um, more media companies need to unionize. Um, Speaking of which, yeah. uh, Slate, which is newly unionized, um, writers and editors over there have voted nearly unanimously to greenlight a strike, escalating tensions between the digital publication and its newly unionized employees. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Wow. This was written by, yeah, I thought so, Josh Idelson, who, if you want to know anything about 
um, unions in media or organization um, efforts like this, follow Josh Idelson on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. that's his beat. I find I find uh, the the all the media companies unionizing a very interesting phenomenon. Only mm-hmm. because I feel like so many of people that work in media or, or people that work sort of in the, in these fields like are sort of I think they would self identify as being progressive, mm-hmm. um, and most of them are pretty lefty. Uh, but then there's always there's always still though it's like. Yeah, yeah, we support unions, but maybe it's not right for us or right for this company, which is yeah. sort of what Jonathan Chait was doing. Right. But like, I feel that that's sort of like it, it sort of comes up a lot mm-hmm. that people that would identify as progressives were like, yeah, yeah, I support unions, but I don't think it'll work for my organization or whatever. Right. Which is usually just, um, I mean, sometimes it's nefarious, I guess, but sometimes it's also just a lack of knowledge or information about what unions are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's like, n- no, you're talking about like maybe a, a, a difference in demands. Right. But not, but you could still unionize. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like every, every union has their own. Uh, uh, agreement with their workplace and it's like i think people have this sort of ingrained belief that like people unionize and then like run companies out of business yes it's like no i mean like if you're as a union it doesn't behoove you if your business goes out of business like Mm -hmm. you you're out of work then whether or or that you'll make less money because of union dues and it's like right right then you ask for higher wages Uh uh-huh that's one of the demands you know, it, you know, higher wages, uh, more benefits, more protections. Like a mm-hmm. union can do a lot of things. Mm-hmm. It's not always the same thing. Yeah, and speaking of demands, so over at Slate, they voted fifty-two to one, and some of their demands include stronger diversity policies, cost of living increases, um, more hot takes, more hot takes. <laughs> the union wants the company to back off its insistence on making union fees optional which is the kind of right-to-work policy loathed by liberals and organized labor. Mm -hmm. And also in unionizing news, so we've been talking a lot about Amazon's new uh, New York City warehouse. HQ2. HQ2. (laughs) Um, Already, employees at the warehouse are launching an effort to unionize. Great. Which is great. Uh, If we're going to have this fucking stupid thing... That if any business should have a very robust union, it should probably be the one that's led by the richest man in the world. Uh, yeah. And <laughs> if any, like, I, there's no argument as to whether or not a union will hurt Amazon's business. It's run by literally the richest man in the world. They just dropped $2.5 billion. <laughs> like, it's just... To build this stupid thing. Yeah. And they, they hired 25,000 people, which is their, like... See, we're creating jobs, but the first question you should always ask when someone like Bezos or Amazon is like, we're creating jobs, is what kind of jobs? What are the wages? What are the rights these workers have? Also a good question to ask when something like uh, like HQ2 opens. Like, Mm -hmm. a warehouse is a little different because it's more like... um, I, I'm only using this term because it's like an industry term, but quote unquote, like unskilled labor. Mm-hmm. But like when they open up something like HQ2 and they're like, it's going to have 25,000 jobs. It's like, okay, are you hiring New Yorkers to do those jobs? Right. Or are you bringing people from Silicon Valley to do those jobs here? Right. Because that right. doesn't help anyone. Right. <laughs> um, no. So obviously good that they're starting unionizing efforts. Good. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, <laughs> Jeff Bezos has enough money. Like, he can afford to invest in his workers a little more. Are you sure, though? He could have more. And also, like, did you ever read that story that came out a couple years ago about, like, the unbelievable work culture at Amazon? Not necessarily in the warehouse. I mean, in the warehouse, but also, like, there was all these stories coming out about people that were, like, you know, uh, working, like, 24 hours a day. Like, Like, not at the office, but, like, Bezos had just had this whole culture of, like, you're always working. You're, mm-hmm. you know, you're always answering emails. You know, and yeah. just like, I mean, that doesn't surprise me when your whole business model is like, we will serve you at any time. Uh-huh. It's yeah. like, well, there are people at the other end of that who then have to be yeah. serving you all the time. Yeah, just like retaliating against people who are like, oh, I'm gonna have dinner and not answer email for an hour. It's like mm, unacceptable. Wow. You know, it's just like, just stuff like that. It's just like. This the Amazon sorely like very badly needs a union for all of their employees and Jeff B- 
Bezos needs to cough up the money for it. I just can't imagine like living like that. I can't. You I for mean, any amount of money. Yeah. It's like your job is not your life. And if it is, that's not good. <laughs> yeah. Like Jeff Bezos can do that all he wants. That's his decision. But like, yeah, if you have a, listen, if you have a personality disorder yeah, and you're like, right. I need to work all the time. It's uh-huh. like, well, that is a sign of like, I don't know. I, I think there's like something wrong. With you if it's you're like, the, I yeah, need to be working I, I all the too. time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just like, <laughs> it's also just like, I think people like Bezos are a really great example of like the myth of, of like, I don't know. It's just like, once you've become like the richest man in the world and you don't stop, mm. it's just like, what what are you doing this for like it should really like hone it should really like drive home the idea that like there's no end to this stuff when you start worrying about like making a bunch of money Mm -hmm. and like success and stuff like that there's no end to it no you don't reach a certain goal you're like okay i can live a happy life now well there was that study that showed like if you're a poor person and you get like enough money to not be poor anymore, uh-huh. there is a significant bump in your happiness. Yeah. But yeah, then yeah. if you're comfortable and you become like rich and then uber rich, there's it like plateaus. You don't get more you don't get happier by becoming uber rich. Right, right, right. Um, which is interesting because you think it would be like the more stuff you get, the happier you get, <laughs> right? right? And it's right. like, no, actually people just want security. And once they have security, that happiness sort of plateaus. Yeah, it, yeah, it's really fascinating. That, like, there's no, there's no like end of like, oh, I've made enough to like. Jeff Bezos doesn't have to work anymore. No, and like, well, that's why I'm like, there's a hole inside that man. Yeah, exactly. Where like he's trying to fill something, and I'm like, that is something to pity, not something to like, yeah, glorify and, and try to emulate. And it'll never be filled. He if will you never can be, be happy. If you can be the richest person on the planet, this the there is no person on earth out of eight billion people that are richer than you. Mm-hmm. And you're still like, I have to make more money Then mm-hmm. it just can't be filled. And like to me, someone like him should be like studied by science. Like, <laughs> how do we prevent this from happening? Not like how do we build an economy around this person? Yeah. You know, the only slightly I mean, I, I'm sure if I did some I, I, I'm going to say this having done literally no research. Sure, Great. I love it. I will say Bill Gates seems like a moderately well adjusted person. Well, you know how he offsets that he does. A huge amount of charity work. Right. That's what I'm saying. Like, he he donates a lot of money. Yeah. He does a lot of charity work. Like, I know there's a lot wrong with the Gates Foundation, yeah, and yeah. I don't want to, like, sing its praises, but they spend a huge amount of money yes. trying to combat stuff like malaria. For whatever reason, he seems to be a little different to me than to, like, like Steve Jobs, like, as much as people, like... As much as we talk about, like, the Steve of... The, <laughs> the Steve of Jobs. The <laughs> cult of Steve Jobs earlier. Right. Like... All these biographies that have come about come out about him are basically yeah he was a notorious asshole yeah and like just terrible at all aspects of life and was like not happy no. was like killing himself. Like I mean, guys like him really seem to be an effort to fill the void in like secular culture. It seems like a bunch of dudes who like have daddy issues and don't have like a god figure in oh, their yeah, life yeah, who yeah, are yeah. like I need to fill like the spiritual hole I feel mm-hmm. yeah. and I'll fill that with like a Steve Jobs or a Jeff Bezos or yeah, an Elon yeah. Musk. I need to worship something and yeah. I'm going to worship this D bag. By far Elon Musk stands are the most annoying. <laughs> By far they're though. They are. The Cause people. they're like, yeah, they're like the edgy ones. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The edge Lords. So I saw you tweeting about this and I wanted to talk about it a little bit. Ooh, I don't know what it is. Uh, so is exciting. There's this, I think it was in the New York Times, this article about how employees are now like, quote unquote, ghosting their employers, um, i.e. not giving like two weeks notice or whatever the the social norm standard is. They're just not coming back to work. And you made a point I saw that I thought was really good, which is, right, if you treat your workers like shit. They're gonna bounce. Yeah, like it's uh, people are like somebody posted some I don't know some business Twitter t- dude, like posted something that was like it's a symbol of he was he was right and wrong. So he was like it's a it's a sign of a robust economy, not necessarily a robust economy of like uh, of a lot of available jobs, which it is. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of available jobs that doesn't take into account whether the jobs are good or not. There mm-hmm. just are a lot of jobs right mm-hmm. now um and weak social uh skills and i was like no what no it's not it's not that these people are like too scared to talk to their boss it's that 
you don't like these people like the reason these people are ghosting is because the boss doesn't reserve deserve their respect right and that's a sign of worker power mm-hmm. which is like your boss you know you don't owe your boss anything mm-hmm. like you don't owe your boss like some symbol of respect you could say it's a social norm or whatever and that that goes both ways though like you have to respect your employees to get respect back from Mm. them and most of these people like i was reading twitter threads in relation to this article about people who had ghosted or or had had employees like ghost them or whatever and it's like yeah most of the people that left is because they showed up and the a the job was not what they were promised Mm -hmm. um or like you know, they they were lied to or they, they, you know, it was just like the work conditions were not what they were told when they got hired. I know a lot of people who start part-time with the uh, guarantee that it will eventually become full-time. Yeah. I don't know uh, or is. like you're a contractor and they're like, we'll make you a full-time employee eventually. And then yeah. it's like months go by and like there's nothing on the horizon and then they're like well fuck this you lied to me so bye exactly or like i read a bunch apparently this is really common but i read a bunch of like companies where like people got hired to do one job and then when they showed up on their first day they were basically turned into like basically like telemarketers right trying to do sales for the company you know i because i was uh looking for a job and i still kind of am uh, but there's a website called Glassdoor. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I like that because it yeah. helps. Like there are a lot of job advertisements that are the completely opposite. Yeah, yeah. Description mm-hmm. of what's like on the official company website. So you go to Glassdoor and it's a bunch of former employees who are like, "It's a telemarketing scam. <laughs> just <laughs> right. don't go in." Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like, "Thank you. You just saved me yeah. hours of time." Yep. I I love Glassdoor. I use Glassdoor a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I I like. The thing is just, like, I just, you know, there's a sort of, like, are you familiar with the concept of kayfabe? No. Kayfabe is a professional wrestling term, Mm -hmm. which basically means, like, what's real in the world of professional wrestling. So it's, like, you know, like, when you see wrestlers outside of the, like, wrestling world, like, kayfabe means that they're like playing their characters Mm -hmm. like out in the real world and like we're and like as an audience we're agreeing that what we're watching is real even though we all know it's like a television show it's like well we're gonna treat like what's happening like their character we're gonna treat their character as real even though we know this is a different person and it's an actor playing a part we're going to basically keep up the facade that this is real right um just for enjoyment of the experience Right. right a lot of social norms uh, are like that mm-hmm. where it's like why do you have to give your boss two weeks notice if you don't respect them or they're mistreating you it's just how things are it's done. just how things are done yeah. and it's like this veneer of like oh well, you have to respect the company and you need their respect so you well, that's what bothers me about it because it's this veneer of civility right yeah except no one has been civil to you that's the big thing is like yeah like your boss the thing is like uh, most employers are at will employers unless you're part of a union and have a contract. Mm-hmm. Most people are at will employers. Your boss can fire you at any moment, mm-hmm. at any second. Right. They don't have to give you two weeks before you're let go. Right. Your boss can just walk in your office and go, "Hey, uh, you're gone. It's over. <laughs> it's over. Uh, you have an hour to get out." Right. And there's your boss has no obligation to give you uh, anything on the way out or give you any sort of professional. But like you're expected to give them respect. Right. You're expected to give like there's a there's a there's always norms about how employees are supposed to act, but not about how bosses. Well, are that's another to act. thing. Like we're not talking about uh like an office with 10 workers and you have like a really deep one-on-one relationship with your boss like you guys hang out after work you i feel like people in that situation would absolutely give their boss two weeks notice if you feel respected and valued and you have an actual like relationship with your boss i would say like 99 percent of the time people are going to give their two weeks if you were one of hundreds or thousands of employees you never see your boss yeah yeah, yeah. you're in a cubicle all day you don't even know if your like manager knows you're there half the time why in the fuck would you give two weeks on a job like that yeah exactly you're like i could leave and they'll replace me in the hour yeah exactly yeah 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 uh, this story is basically just about like it's about workers like taking a little bit of their power back and it's about just like them it's about workers that like just wising up to like this culture we have like of at will employment and like the levels of disrespect that are passed down from management to employees and just being like okay well if you're going to disrespect me then i don't need to respect you and Mm -hmm. i don't you i don't owe you anything like Mm -hmm. like i said a two weeks notice is not some sort of like like legal obligation it's just a 
a sign of respect to be like, hey, I'm leaving. You need to replace me in mm. two weeks. But like, there's no obligation to do that. You're like, the worst thing that's going to happen is your boss will give you like a bad recommendation if somebody calls them. But who cares? Right. So I, it's just like people are free. Like I saw all these like business Twitter guys that are like talking, like talking about the story and like, like workers and, and like levels of disrespect and weak social skills. And it's like, it's all fucking bullshit. Yeah. It's just like, you don't owe your boss anything and they're freaking out about it because right. they, they can't <coughs> hold that power over people. So anymore. the moral of the story is unionize. Yeah. Unionize. And also if you're a manager or an employer yourself, uh, people won't ghost you if you're not a shitty boss. Uh, don't be a shitty boss and unionize. Guys, yeah. thanks so much for listening. Please follow Eric on Twitter at Eric, E-R-E-K, underscore Smith. Follow uh, Ray Butcher. And thank you so much for listening. Hashtag Light Trees and Pod if you have any thoughts about today's episode. And yeah, guys, while you're at it, get out there and cause a little trouble. Bye. Bye.